Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Welcome back. John Edward with us. John, you were talking about how you work with parents. What were some of the things you guide them in? Well, what I was saying is that when it came time for the book to come out, I, I wanted to make sure that when I did television, which was the next step to promote the book, that I, I, I just wouldn't go on any show. I wanted to make sure that where I, where I put myself wasn't going to take away from the experiences mm-hmm. of clients that I had previously worked with. So it was just a natural progression from doing private readings to a group, from a group to a book, from the book to the, to the media, and it was in that media um, doing the media that I met two producers, and after I did a reading for one of them, she said, would you ever do your own show? I said, you know, I would love a national radio show. I said, that would be like a really cool thing, like, you know, call-ins where I could teach. And she said, no, we were thinking TV. And I laughed, and I said, yeah, no, I'm not really that guy. And then she said, well, give us the opportunity to do it our way first, because we're producers. And if that doesn't work, then we'll try to do it your way, which would be, you know, radio. And within six months, we were filming the pilot for Crossing Over. And and you you took off. And then you had another show called John Edward uh, Cross Country, right? Yeah, after Crossing Over um, was done, I had a two-year hiatus, and then I did about three seasons of Cross Country, which was me basically going across the United States and doing readings for people, as well as being in the studio and follow-ups. I mean, you should, uh, we haven't really even announced calls yet for you next hour, and every line is lit. I mean, it is amazing the interest people have in what you do. You strike a nerve, don't you? I think the subject matter inherently does. Um, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to think that maybe it's me, but I don't think it's me. I think it's the subject matter. And I think what's, what's important is people want to know. I think we're living at a really divided time, um, not just in our country, but just globally. I think we're living at a divided time. It creates like an uneasy feeling, um, an imbalance. And then if someone's already grieving, there's no anchor. So I think people seek religion but there's division in that. So seeking their own empowerment and seeking an understanding of energy and that there's a higher power, there's a divinity, there's, a, there's an energy that we can all connect with, I think people are looking for answers. So yeah. I, I understand why people would want to know. When you get into the psychic medium mode, mm-hmm. do you get into a trance? Do you have to meditate? How do you get into that mode? For me, it is, um, it is meditation. It's a, a lot of psychic self-defense visualizations that allows me to prophylactically enter someone's vibration. And then when I'm done, kind of like take the gloves off and be done with that reading, like shed it so I don't carry it. I don't like to carry people's stuff. Right. Um, you it, know, it hurt Edward Casey. I mean, he, 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 he had too much baggage every time he'd go into a trance. Yeah, I have to be really honest. Like, I've seen so many practitioners over the last 34 years, and and whether it be healers or whatever it is that they're doing, and I don't think that they protect themselves enough. I don't think energetically they protect themselves. And I, and I sit back and I go, well, that's just dumb, because you're, you're entering someone's vibration, and you're going to be swimming around in their pool. When you get out of the water, you, you want to you dry off. You want to take your bathing suit off. You want to get the water off you. And... And, and they, they don't do it. And then I watch people, and I've watched legitimately, like over the three decades, four decades now, people, they burn out because they don't, they don't protect mm-hmm. the instrument. They don't protect their body. Um, or they don't know that they have to. And I think that there's a whole, in the last decade, a whole slew of young people who are um, coming out psychic from, from a standpoint of, I'm going to say ego, 
um, rather than ethic and work. And they don't have the understanding that they need to protect themselves. They just think like, and they, and they have, they, they can have abilities. Um, but it, it's, it's dangerous. So anybody who's listening to this who is in, embarking on their own metaphysical journey, learn about psychic self-defense and learn about protecting your energy. It's really important. Do you have help on the other side, John, spirit guides or anything like that? I do. Um, so I have a team of energies that I work with that kind of help me and guide me and, and kind of act as you know security and help me in the process of the work. But a lot of mediums have something called a control. And that's that one energy that kind of helps to guide a reading. That I don't have. When I'm doing mediumship work, I actually connect directly with the energy of the person in the family, which I like because then I, I, I get to feel their personality a little bit. Um, you can kind of get how they would have communicated. When you're dealing with a control, the information will always come through in one specific way, um, which is, is better in one way because it's consistent. But I do like feel the differences in personalities when they're coming through. Have you ever been shocked or scared in the readings that you give? Um, I've been shocked more than I've been scared. Uh, you know, fear is something that when you understand, when you understand something, the fear kind of dissipates. When, when you're um, experiencing something that you're not expecting to experience, the, the shock factor, I would say, is probably something that would stick with me more. The, and and not, nothing like dramatic, really. Um, you know, some funny moments, some you know intimate moments that people will come through with, some revealing moments. But those moments st- stay with me more. The 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 level of wow after four decades of doing this, like I, I'm still blown away by it, to be honest. John, since you've been doing this and, and you've been doing it professionally now for some time, have you found that? Things are getting better or worse for individuals. I mean, I've never seen a time where more people are so uptight and upset about everything. And I'm wondering if the crossing over end of it helps them or hurts them. Um, I could I could only tell you that I agree with you a hundred percent. I've had to in the last two to three years before my events talk about unification in events, like to kind of bring the energies together to get people to recognize that we're we're all one as a community. You know, humanity is really really important, um, and this the team energy of you know my team against your team, and it doesn't matter what it is whether it's, you know, politics or religion or a no-carb diet to a high-fat diet, like whatever it is, people seem to be very triggered to pick a side and they lose objectivity. So if someone's losing objectivity, I also think they're going to lose balance because if you can't see both sides. So like uh, recently there's been a a number of, a number, there's been two that I know of. Um, There was like a New York Times article that was, talking about exposing psychics um, as, as, a, as frauds. And then there was a John Oliver piece that, that was done. And people are like, you know, well, what do you think about that? And they're expecting me to go, oh, my God, that's terrible. And instead I go, I, I think it's important. I think it's important for people to see the opposite extreme um, to, to protect people from folks who actually do that. Anybody who does this work legitimately isn't really going to be that bothered by what they're seeing because they're going to understand where they're coming from. So I think it's important for people, regardless of where you're at in your life, to try to have some level of balance and perspective and not to, not, not to be told what you're thinking or feeling, 
but to actually really discover for yourself what you're thinking or feeling. One of our uh, guests who's an expert in dealing with the afterlife, Dr. Gary Schwartz, uh, who studies it, researches it, studied you, didn't he? He certainly did. I, I count Gary as a friend now. He's a good guy. He's, he's really very, very meticulous, and yep. uh, he was very impressed with what you do. Well, it was really funny. I, haven't, I hadn't seen Gary in a, in a number of years when I was in Tucson, and I invited him as a guest. I said, come, come to the event. You know, I haven't seen you. And he came to the event, and after the event, he, like, he put on, I think it was Instagram, he was like, I went to the John Abbott event, and I would have to say, by my calculations, <laughs> it was 95% accurate. And I was like, dude, you weren't supposed to be working. You're supposed to just be sitting there and enjoying. But no, He Gary's can't. He can't sit and soul. enjoy. He's always working. Brave soul. He, he sure is. What have you learned, John, or what can you tell us about the other side? Why is it even there? How come when, so, we, when we die, it just doesn't end? What, what, I, what's going on? I can, I can tell you that my work, or my, you know, as a camera, I'm pointed towards the physical world. So every publisher I've worked with has asked me to write the book about what the afterlife is like. And I know that there are psychics and mediums that, that do that, and they give the, the perspective of what they see. I'm not that guy. And the reason why is I don't feel I can validate that. So it's really important for me when I give information to be able to back it up and then back it up and then back it up and validate it. So if I do that with someone who's living and I talk about what's happening in their life now, what's coming up for them, you know, the future can't be validated because it hasn't happened, but the past and the current the current, like now, part of it can. And people who have crossed, that can also be validated. Um, I believe in reincarnation, and I believe in spirit guides, clearly. But I won't, during readings, tell people who they were in a past life or who their spirit guides are. So I kind of feel like it's important for, for validation to happen. And because I don't live there, I live here, I, I don't really feel like I'm, I can actually say, here's what the afterlife is like. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that philosophically, I think it's made up of different levels, and depending upon the life that you live here, depending upon your spiritual evolution, what lessons you're learning, you know, how we evolve there, and we might have soul groups or clusters or circles of family and friends that we've done this before um, and have different lifetimes with. I believe that our guides that are in spirit are are there with us there as well. So I I think there's a a collective energy, a a, a matrix, a divine matrix, actually, there, but for for me to, I remember asking someone during a reading. Um, this has got to be now twenty years ago, uh, based upon where I was doing the reading. And I said to them that they were coming through with such profound information about their family, and I kept interjecting my own questions just about like what like them. Yeah. And I remember yeah. the feeling that I got back was, "This is not about you. This is about my family." And I I remember feeling like I overstepped, like I I. I kind of got in the way of something, um, and I never forgot that feeling. So I kind of feel like my place is to do what I do, like just give, give the information, just, just be the phone. Is there a hell, in your opinion? I, I do think that the consciousness or the, the – I don't think there's – I don't see the, you know, the brimstone and fire, you know, God with the pitchfork kind of hell vibe. That, that's not what I think hell is. I think people who have addiction that are living, I think that's a version of hell. I think when people are stuck in grief, I think that's another version of hell. I think hell is more of a state of consciousness rather than a physical destination. So can somebody be in a, in a state that's difficult or painful or hellish? Absolutely. There's no question about that. It's there. It's there. And 
Are you afraid of dying? I mean, you're in no rush to uh, get onto the other side, but... No, I'm not afraid. You're not? Not even a little bit. And if my kids were, you know, sitting here and can get on the phone with you, they will tell you that I have very open conversations with them about not being here. And the reason why I do that, and for your listeners, I think it's really important for people to, you know, if you, if you take one message away from what I'm saying tonight, have it be this. You want to talk to the people in your life like you're not going to be here tomorrow. That means you're wasting no time. You're going to tell them how you're feeling and what you're thinking. And you want to leave people better than you found them. And if you do that, then, and if you talk about death, which, by the way, it's the guarantee that everybody has, like nobody's getting out of here. We can't, like, yeah, we're not like, going to escape it. Yeah, everybody's going there. Um, but there's something that's like nobody discusses it. No, and, and, and even religion, I think, fails when it comes to expressing the fact that we're here for a finite period of time. So it's the, it's the, it's the thing that nobody discusses that they know that's coming, but nobody's prepared for it. And I'm like, well, if you're going to be going on a, on a trip, and you know that you're going to a different country, you, you know that you're going to have to have a passport, you know that you're going to have to change your currency, you know that you might have to get shots, and you're going to want to understand a little bit about where you're going. Um, you would do that for a trip that you were taking. But the ultimate trip that we take of spirit, nobody really prepares for that. So at the age of 19, I lost my mom. And that was my, that was my you know, crash course on, on dealing with death. And out of that needing to know where she was, I believe my work as a psychic shifted. But it taught me that you know, life could happen at any moment. Or in her case, death could happen. And she was very young. So she passed when she was 48. I'm 49. I, of course, I'm going to have those conversations with my kids because it was my experience. So I always say to them, in case I get abducted by aliens, I want you to know this. <laughs> and if they do, we'll be broadcasting it on this show. <laughs> <laughs> and there you go. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.